Hello and welcome to Songs for the Struggling Artist, the blogcast. This is episode 87. And today I'm going to give you a blog that, you know, I was really actually planning on not blogcasting because it, it sort of feels like it's one of those that's in the um, rejection posts that are, you know, just, they're just, I just, I didn't think they would be of interest to that many people, but I was wrong. <laughs> I have come to find out. Um, this post has been uh, fairly popular, which I am absolutely floored by. Um, so, you know, you never know when you strike a chord, um, literally as I did just a moment ago on my guitar, but actually, <laughs> this is super stupid joke, but I literally was just playing guitar. So it's striking a chord. It has a particular resonance for me right this second. Um, but anyway, you, you don't really know what you're going to say that feels obvious, but is actually something that people apparently have been waiting to hear. So um, here it is. This is a blog post called, Please Stop Asking for Recommendations. Dear residencies, grant makers, award givers, and artist opportunity makers, please stop asking for recommendations. Do you ever make your decisions based on them? I suspect not. I understand that you're probably trying to weed out jerks, but almost anyone can find two people to say nice things about them. Heck, a really cagey jerk could just write them himself from a couple of extra email addresses and phone numbers. It's not that I can't get my colleagues, friends, and fans to write recommendations for me. I can. It's just that I apply for a lot of things, and I fear that your demands for things that I am skeptical about you even reading may be burning out my support team. A life in the arts is not like college. I understand you need recs for college, but college happens once, maybe twice if there's a master's in the works, while an artistic life is all the time. In continually asking for recommendations, you wear out not just the applicants, but also their networks. I try to spread out my asking, but I know it is a burden on those that I ask. They love me, so they always say yes when I ask them, and some have even said there is no need to ask them anymore. But after 20 plus years of this, I'm guessing even the most dedicated supporter would prefer not to have to deliver a letter every few weeks. I suspect that one reason you ask for letters is that you want to see if maybe we know a famous person and can get them to write us a letter. Like if Paula Vogel wrote a playwright's recommendation, you'd take that applicant a lot more seriously. You want to know who of your applicants has connections. But the thing of it is, even if I did know Paula Vogel, I've only met her once in a totally random non-theater context, I wouldn't ask her for a recommendation because Paula Vogel has better things to do than write recommendations. I don't want her writing recommendations to residencies and whatnot for writers. I want her writing plays. I think if you really want to know who Paula Vogel recommends, you should just call her up and ask her. And every year you can have a slot for the Vogel recommended writer and she can just send you a list. 
With extremely busy, famous people, artists have pretty much one favor, one recommendation we can ask for. And I'm sorry to tell you that your residency grant, award, or opportunity is not that thing. I regret to inform you that after reviewing your opportunity, we are unable to offer you our favor from a famous person. You must understand that the competition is fierce and there are a lot of opportunities to consider. So please, not for me, but for my friends, colleagues, and support team, stop asking for recommendations, please. You don't have to ask for them. A lot of the more prestigious places I have applied to do not. You don't have to either. And it's two or three fewer things you'll have to read. Signed, an artist who has missed a fair amount of deadlines due to not realizing she'd need to have asked for a recommendation a lot sooner. On the actual blog, there's a kind of a coda that has n not a lot to do with the previous bit, but it's a rejection post um, about uh, the Malay colony, which I applied to maybe once a year. They have a, several deadlines throughout the year. Um, maybe it's just two, but it feels like a lot. <laughs> anyway, I don't do it all the time because they charge money to apply to them. Um, but anyway, I didn't read that to you because, you know... It's not that interesting. The only interesting fact about it, which might be good to tag on here, is that um, I uh, did this year read a thing that you should apply to 100. You should get 100 rejections. The goal is to get 100 rejections in a year. That's a lot of rejections. Um, I, I started keeping track of rejections um, I'm going to say three or four years ago, three years ago, I think it was three years ago. Um, so basically I have a, an Excel document that where I list what I applied to and what I get rejected for. Um, and in the past year, was it a hundred? No. In the past three years? Yes. I have been rejected a hundred times in the last three years. Um, but this is a, this is a new, um, kind of goal. So, uh, I'm seeing if it's possible to apply to 100 things this year. Um, I got um, an acceptance for a thing, um, which does make it feel a lot more possible to apply for things. Like when you when you know that there's there's a possibility that there might be a yes, it just feels better to apply to stuff, even if the yeah, the the yes is not a complete yes. Like it's I'm just a semi finalist in a thing, and I don't know the actual results, but just knowing that like, you know. Somebody doesn't think I'm an idiot. <laughs> I mean, I know lots of people don't think I'm an idiot. Thank you very much, everyone. Um, but anyway, it just it just is. I'm I'm. It gives me a little extra fuel and fire to actually get to that 100 rejection list this year. I I don't know if it's going to happen. I will let you know. Um, so, um, what can I tell you about? Oh, um, I've, I started listening to a new podcast called Caught, which is about um, juvenile sort of what happens to, to youth who get into trouble um, and like in juvenile detention homes and sort of what happens when you kind of fall through the cracks of the system. It's really interesting. It's still it just started. I think there's only three episodes so far, but um, I f it's an interesting one, not necessarily related to what I'm talking about here today, but. I was just listening to it, so I thought I'd share it with you. And for today's song, um, uh, it's the letter. Because this is about letters, I, I learned uh, the letter 
by the Box Tops and Joe Cocker. Um, this is uh, so there's a there's there's a the, there's a lot of minorness in the cordage of this song. Um, so I just leaned into it, and and I feel like the beginning of the song reminds me of like. I wish I could remember exactly the movies, but like uh, maybe like a Jim Jarmish, like Sam Shepard kind of something. I found um, that I really liked. There's a an amp sound in in GarageBand, which is what I record on. Um, that's called Dublin Delay, um, but somehow it really, even though it's got an Irish name, it, it makes me think of uh, very kind of like American West feeling, maybe. I don't know. I don't, there must be some movie I'm thinking of. But anyway, so uh, that's what that is. This, this is me messing around with a, with a, a delay and the minorness of the, of the chord in the letter. My baby wrote me a 